Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hi, welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On Islanders, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there. And remember, with the promo code Locked On, you get ten dollars off your first box of Built Bars at www.builtbar.com. We have got a lot to talk about today. The uh, NHL. And Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly coming out with a statement. We'll talk about that. We will mention uh, a few things Islanders related that are going on, whether it's what's on TV or on the Islanders official website. We also have a look back at uh, a playoff game in this date in Islanders history. And from our greatest moments in Islanders franchise history, we have got a magic poke check that got the Islanders into the playoffs, so lots to discuss. Now, if you've got something on your mind that's Islanders-related, a question, a comment, if you've got a a greatest moment in Islanders franchise history that you'd like us to discuss, feel free to shoot us an email. It's LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You can also contact the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles and Follow the show on Twitter. We'll have all the Islanders news and updates whenever a new episode of Locked On Islanders drops. And, of course, you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And, uh, again, we'll keep you up to date on the latest news and notes from the world of the New York Islanders. So, interesting stuff right now. First of all, uh, last night, MSG Network, uh, MSG Plus, showing two Islanders games from the early 90s. First, they showed, uh, and their theme this week, by the way, is uh, comeback wins. And they showed uh, a a comeback win from December of 1991 against the New Jersey Devils with uh, Derek King leading the rally. And then uh, a game from uh, a little less than two months later uh, from February of uh, 1992 that featured an Islanders comeback against the original Winnipeg Jets. So, you know, I will give credit to MSG Plus in that, you know, this uh, suspension of play has now been going on for, you know, well, well, let's see, we're, we're up to about seven weeks uh, at this point, and they are showing some pretty fun classic Islanders games that go well beyond just the 
Stanley Cup clinching games and, and uh, you know, certain playoff games. They're, they're going back. They're using themes. They're finding interesting things to uh, basically discuss. And, 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 and that's a good thing, I think, overall, when you sort of take a step back. And it's just fun to remember. And for those people who, you know, were not around back then, it's fun to see the differences in the game from, let's say, 1991-92 up until today and how things were just very, very different uh, in the game of hockey. But, uh, hey, what, what, what can you do? It, uh, it gets us going, keeps us going during this difficult time. Don't forget also that... Uh, up until 1 o'clock p.m. today, you can go to the Islanders' official website and ask a question uh, to Hall of Famer Brian Trottier about the 1980 Islanders' Cup run. So if you check that out at the Islanders' official website, if you had a question that you wanted to ask uh, a Hall of Famer like Brian Trottier, that is your chance to do it. And uh, if you don't get a chance to ask a question, just check out the website and basically uh, see the answers. Because I know Clark Gillies did one, uh, I think, a week ago, and he had some pretty interesting insights into uh, the Islanders' Cup run back in 1980. Now, the NHL came out with a statement and um, basically... uh, Darren Drager of TSN reporting yesterday that the NHL has said that it will not give any team an unfair advantage when it comes to reopening training camps, even on an informal basis. And, you know, we've talked about May 15th as being a date when some teams have told their players, hey, be ready to come and report for informal workouts. Whether or not they'll be able to do that remains to be seen, but here's the catch. Uh, According to Drager, uh, the NHL's stance is even though the majority of clubs may be able to open up, unless they can all open up at the same time or around the same time, the NHL isn't going to allow players to go to their club facility again until the majority are able to do that. And... That makes sense, but it's very good news, obviously, for Islanders fans, because you could imagine a team like the Minnesota Wild or a team, uh, you know, in in an area that is less hard hit uh, by COVID-19 than the New York metropolitan area, and we here on Long Island and in New York have been hit so hard, uh, you wouldn't want another team to be able to open up training camp while the Islanders are still not able to do it. Now, obviously, the possibility exists, and this is a real possibility, that the Islanders open up training camp, but it's not at the team's regular facility, that they go to a neutral site, or, uh, you know, whether the Islanders go to, and I haven't heard anything, but I'm speculating You know, North Dakota, for example, uh, made an offer that, you know, they would be willing to host uh, playoff games or regular season games there if 
you know, number of teams needed to stay there. Maybe you go train at a facility similar to that one and get your team ready and get them set to train uh, and and then, you know, go to the hub city and, and play games there. So obviously a lot of obstacles to be worked out. But again, the league trying to be fair. And uh, according to Drager, the NHL is encouraged by the markets that are loosening up and that the league is monitoring carefully for possible setbacks and additional cases of COVID-19 as a result of these reopenings. All right, everybody. Please know that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And, you know, I've always had a problem with protein bars because the texture isn't good or the taste isn't so good and it's hard to chew. But here is Built Bars and they are the protein bar that actually tastes like a candy bar. There are 16 amazing flavors. Eight of them are chocolate with nut flavors and eight of them are nut free. So if you have a tree nut allergy, don't worry about it. They're not only nut free, but you know, you could have them. Uh, the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. And Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. If you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, Built Bar is for you. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. There are some great flavors out there, like the Peanut Butter Brownie. It's got 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, only 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. Now, here is our special offer for Locked On Islanders listeners. Go to BuiltBar.com. And use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to May 6, 1976. Got to be honest with you, the Islanders have not played a lot of games on May 6, so we had to work hard to find this one, Game 5 of the 1976 semifinal series between the Islanders and the Montreal Canadiens at the Old Forum in Montreal. Ken Dryden is the goalie for the Canadiens. Chico Resch in between the pipes for the Islanders. And in the first period, it was all even. Both teams held at bay. And the game was scoreless at that point. Islanders actually had the better of the play in the opening period, outshooting the Canadiens 9-5. But Ken Dryden stood tall, and the game remained scoreless after 20 minutes. In the second period, Montreal woke up and started to take control of the game. Steve Shutt broke the ice just 2 minutes and 38 seconds into the second period. His third of the playoffs from Guy Lafleur and Guy Lapointe, and it was 1-0 Canadiens. Then Murray Wilson got his first of the playoffs from Yvonne Lambert and Bill Nyrup at 10-29, and the Islanders trailed 2-0. Islanders did not quit, and less than a minute and a half later, to their credit, they pulled back to within one goal. Gary Howitt, his fifth, 
from Burt Marshall and Andre St. Laurent. Again, time of the goal, 11.52, and it was a one-goal hockey game. But late in the period, Dennis Potvin called for hooking at 17.31. That gives the Canadians a very valuable power play, and they took advantage. Defenseman Hall of Famer Serge Savard, his third of the playoffs, from Yvonne Cornoyer and Yvonne Lambert at 19.01. It was a power play goal, and those last-minute goals at the end of a period, those are killers because of the emotional swing before you head into the locker room. After 40 minutes, the Canadiens had a 3-1 to lead over the Islanders. The Habs would increase their lead Late in the third period, Islanders tried to put all kinds of pressure on Montreal, but the Canadians' defense, and they had three Hall of Famers on that blue line in Serge Savard, Larry Robinson, and Guy Lapointe, along with a Hall of Fame goaltender in Dryden. They shut down the Islanders, held them to just six shots on goal in that third period. Islanders got into some penalty problems uh, later on, Gary Howitt called for roughing at 13.05, and then the Islanders got a bench penalty on top of that for not heading directly into the penalty box. So the Canadians get the power play, and Peter Mahovlich, his third of the playoffs on the power play from Guy Lafleur and Serge Savard, at 14:47, Islanders in trouble, down four to one, with a little more than five minutes left on the clock. Islanders did not quit. Bobby Nystrom, his third of the playoffs, assist to J.P. Parise and Jew Drouin at 16:30, pulled the Islanders back to within two. But this Montreal team was too much for a young Islanders club. And Steve shut shut the door for the Canadiens. His fourth of the playoffs from Serge Savard at 17-10. And the final score in this one, Canadiens 5, Islanders 2. Montreal winning the series four games to one. But every game of this series was a close one with the exception. This game here, game five, was the only one. That was a three-goal game. Montreal's wins earlier in the series were all by one goal. At the end of the day, Montreal outshooting the Islanders 33-23. to And I'll tell you, in the third period, when the Islanders really needed to pick things up, they were outshot 13-6 to in this one. No Islander uh, with a multiple-point game in this one. And as far as the plus-minus was concerned, Burt Marshall, the defenseman, was a plus-two to lead the Islanders as far as shots on goal went. Four for Clark Gillies to lead the Islanders. Brian Trottier was next with three. And Burt Marshall also added three shots on goal for the Islanders, who totaled 23 as a team. So on this date in Islanders history, the Islanders fall to the Canadiens and are eliminated from the NHL semifinals in five games. Final score, Habs 5, Islanders 2 on May 6th, 1976.
So we continue our series on the greatest moments in Islanders history. And look, we did, for example, yesterday, the uh, 50 goals in 50 games for Mike Bossy. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, definitely check it out. We had a moment with Clark Gillies and his fights in the 1980 Stanley Cup playoffs against Terry O'Reilly and how that moment changed the Islanders' perception of themselves and the way that they looked at some of the competition really helped them take another step toward their eventual Stanley Cup win that season. But yeah, those are Hall of Fame players, but it's not always the Hall of Fame players and the star players that have moments that, you know, are the greatest moments in franchise history. And we're going to take you back to a moment in 2007 that a fairly unknown Islanders player made a big difference in the Islanders' playoff chances. Final game of the regular season, Islanders facing the New Jersey Devils in New Jersey with a playoff berth on the line. Now, you may recall the ninth. Uh, the 2007 New York Islanders were a team that went all in in an attempt to make the playoffs that year. And they were actually, you know, needing to win this game in order to make the postseason. So win and you're in, lose and you're out. This was the year that Ryan Smith was acquired at the trade deadline with a lot of fanfare, and the Islanders needed a victory in order to get in to the playoffs. Winning you're in, lose, and go home. And to everybody's surprise, with Rick DiPietro injured in this game, the Islanders started Wade Dublowitz, the third string goalie, in between the pipes. So that was who the Islanders started. And amazingly enough, it looked like a good decision early on. Richard Park, his ninth goal of the season in the first period at 11.53. Jeff Tambellini and Marc-Andre Bergeron with the helpers. And that gave the Islanders the early one to nothing lead. No goals at all in that second period. And in the third period, the Islanders extended their lead. Richard Park scoring again, beating Scott Clemenson, his 10th from Miro Chatan and Alexi Yashin at 7.51. Islanders up 2-0, a little more than 12 minutes left in the game. The clock is ticking down, and the Islanders' playoff chances are looking better and better. But the Devils, to their credit, did not quit. John Madden got his 11th of the season from Jay Pandolfo and Sergey Breland at 15:47, and with a, four minutes 13 seconds left in regulation, the Islanders' lead was down to a goal. The Islanders were hanging on. Devils pull their goaltender. And mad scramble. Islanders struggled to clear the zone. Could not clear it. 
Dublowitz was down on the ice when Madden scored again with one second left on the clock. His 12th of the year from Jamie Langenbrunner and Patrick Eliash at 19.59, and the Islanders' playoff chances were put on hold. Overtime does not result in any goals, and so we go to a shootout. Miro Chetan going first for the Islanders. He scores off Scott Clemenson, and it's 1-0 Islanders in the shootout. Zach Parise then makes a backhander that beats Wade Dublowitz, and it's a 1-1 game in the shootout. Victor Kozlov was next. He gets a wrist shot past Clemenson, and the Islanders had a 2-1 lead. Dublowitz then stops Brian Gianta. Ryan Smith comes around but misses wide of the net, and it's all up to Sergei Breeland. He is the last player to go in the shootout, and Dublowitz poke checks the puck away from Breeland. He never gets the shot off, and Wade Dublowitz ends up with a heroic moment, and the Islanders make the playoffs as the eighth seed and head off to play the Buffalo Sabres in the next round of the playoffs. Now, here's the thing about Wade Dublowitz. His entire NHL career was 43 games, and he only appeared in eight games that season. Uh, with the Islanders in 2006-2007, spent most of the season with Bridgeport, but he put up some very good numbers. His goals against average, a 2.06 in those eight games. He was 4-1 and one in his five decisions and had a 9.34 save percentage. So, uh, Dublowitz, who was an AHL player for most of his career, former University of Denver star, officially listed at 5'10", 180, not very big for a goalie, not a, a very well-known player up until that point, but he stepped up, got the job done, and Doobie, as they nicknamed him, who was 27 years old at that point and just, you know, getting his second taste, really, of NHL hockey, steps up makes the play that gets the Islanders into the playoffs, and Dublowitz was even able to start game one of the playoff series against Buffalo uh, a few days later when the playoffs got underway. Uh, Rick DiPietro was injured, and Dublowitz was chosen to start over Mike Dunham by head coach Ted Nolan. In the end, the move paid off, and the Islanders advanced to the playoffs in 2007. And I'll tell you, there were a lot of Islander fans at this game, even though it was being played in New Jersey, uh, mostly because uh, of what was on the line for the New York Islanders. Devils were a first-place team that year, they finished with 107 points, ended up, you know, losing in the second round of the playoffs. But uh, for the Islanders, they finished the year 40, 30, 7, and 5. Five, over, uh, 
shootout losses, seven overtime losses. Good for 92 points and that final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. All right, that is going to do it for us right here on Locked on Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NHL for a national perspective of what's going on in the world of hockey. Stay safe, everybody. Have a great day. We will get through this time together. Keep on keeping on, and of course, let's go Islanders.